Good evening and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Taylor and Chuck Billy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Well, I doing want to really thank good. you for coming on. I know you're getting ready for your, your tour and uh, promote the album that's been out for a while. But before we hop to the music, I do want to ask you about one, one or two things. I've read you, you were, you've actually done, it's a shark fishing. Were you actually diving with sharks? That sounds insane um, uh, to me. <laughs> we're, we're in cages. Yeah. But go out to the Guadalupe Islands off of Ensenada. It's like yeah. about a 18 hour trip um, to the Guadalupe Islands. And it's where there's this shelf there that's like, I don't know, five miles down this, uh, on the side of the island where they have um, a breeding ground for seals and stuff. So all the sharks seem to come back there at that time of year. And I've, I've did the shark trip three times and we see the same sharks. They go and travel around the world and come back every time in the year. So when we get back, we have names for them. There's, there's names and identifying markings on them. So we, we get to see them again. Um, it's like so their we, tour. Yeah, it's their tour. We go in like last year it was really active because, um, the female was there, a pregnant one, and so a lot of there was a lot of breaching out of the water. So it was really cool. That was the first time to see a lot, and um, it's it's pretty it's a pretty cool thing. I know Shark Week has a big thing, and and, and a lot of it's filmed there. And a couple of the guys that are on the Shark Week um, actually come on our boat, and they do a big presentation and everything. So it's it's a real neat trip. That sounds awesome. I mean, sharks are fantastic. They're like the only animal that can do a well, like an egg birth and a live birth. I guess. Mean, it's crazy that they can, they can do two different births. Um, yeah, and it's a it's also the the guy who puts on Dean Carr. He's a rock photographer, video guy. Okay, and everybody on the boat are are photographers. So there's just some amazing footage and pictures that are captured that are just really great. Sounds amazing to do that. And you have to do scuba gear for that too. So like you like the uh, they have because you're in a cage. They have you on. Um, lines masks that are with with lines coming in hoses okay. that are connected so you don't have tanks you're just uh swimming down in the cage with with hoses well that just sounds horrifying <laughs> i mean my first time do it you know i when we pulled up there the very first time and i seen the first i don't know probably 12 15 foot shark swim by it was like a car driving by i'm like oh my god holy sh-. i'm not getting in the water i was kind of nervous but once you get in there, it's real peaceful and they're just real mellow. I mean, last year we actually had one shark uh, get into one of the cages. It's There's a little opening and there was one of the divers that was in there by herself at the end of the day. And the shark just bolted to the right and went, had its head stuck in the cage. And then, of oh. course, they can't back out. So that's just flipping around fighting, but it, it freed itself. So it was, it was we had some action last year. That's crazy. Well, I mean, you've you've beaten cancer, you've toured the world, you've done quite a bit. So, I guess keep keep the adrenaline going, right? That's right. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, so, I know you said that in the past, like the band, you've actually been like two versions of the band, two phases, like the first phase and the second. I've seen both of them. You guys have always sounded good, and your voices. I don't know how you keep your voice sounding so strong. Do you do any kind of exercises or over the years? Have you? Um, yeah, I mean, I took vocal trainings and whenever I sing, I do a, a pretty thorough hour warm up. no matter what, if I'm singing one song or a whole set, I'll, I'll I have to do this warm up. And, um, and, and, you know, for, when I prep for tour, I, you know, I, I start riding my a bike or jogging and, you know, I'm, 
and just try to build my lung capacity. And then over the last couple of years, I actually, you know, quit smoking pot during, before I go on tour. So that really, uh, I really build up my wind because I, because the way I sing, it's a lot of wind. It's not really singing through your throat. It's, it's a lot of wind. So I just, um, you know, I've just kind of figured out how to keep myself able to do what I need to do. Well, at the level, and as we get older, I'm thinking it's amazing because I remember seeing you when I was in college and I was like crazy. And, and I just saw you not that long ago before, before the apocalypse came. And it was like no difference. I mean, just strong. You guys are just as, as incredible, you know. And, yeah, you know, I think when we were younger, you know, we, we were probably not so focused on the performance and, and that you just took it for granted. You're here on tour having fun drinking too much, staying up too late, you know, just a lot of the stuff that's, you know, you thought, so you thought rock and roll, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Right. So that's, you know, I think over the years we've learned that, okay, it's not about just out there having fun. This is our job and people are paying money to see, especially this many years into it. I better be on my game. I want them to walk away and go, man, he was awful. I don't want that. I want to say, like you just said, wow, he's, he's sounded just like I remember when I seen him maybe 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I, I was like, I remember like back in practice, you were back then. It was just like, he's like, it's like these small clubs and these halls that were like, with like velvet curtains. It was, it was really crazy. It was like a rock opera. It was like an opera place or something. You guys played somewhere in Atlanta. And I think I don't know if it was like Megadeth or someone else was on the bill and all these rockers were walking around those red velvet and stuff, but you guys slayed. And then I just saw you guys. And then I saw you guys on, on, uh, uh a couple of tours ago and you just just as strong and you know like the strongest band on the bill it's just amazing that you know because a lot of bands that are getting up there in age now it's hard i can't even get out of bed uh, myself i get out of bed in the morning I'm like i don't get to work today <laughs> and so when you guys as artists can go on stage and they get up the next day it's like insane you know yeah we're pretty much focused i mean we get our rest you know we're not where our bus is pretty boring we get off stage and we all just you know have our dinner maybe watch a little tv and go to bed get our rest you know because do it there's nothing wrong with that you know, yeah. you, you put your time in. What's really cool. So like when you did the gathering, I know like it was like a rough time for like rock and metal and stuff around like, the nineties with all the, the shoot games and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But you guys kept going. I thought there was still a really good album. It's still, I still getting your albums, you know, I'm probably just like a lifelong fan anyhow, but then I said, when you had the gathering, you had um, James came in and Dave, it did feel like the change came in. Like, it's like woof, a second gust of wind. And it feels like, you guys have been riding high on that ever since, you know? Well, that record, I think, is where we kind of really found our identity because we did six records on with Atlantic Records from Megaforce onto Atlantic. So I think when we had the original band before Alex left, um, you know, we had Atlantic with A&R guys looking for singles and we'd always create these ballads <laughs> for MTV or radio. And it's like, that's not what we're about, but that's kind of what the yeah. label so I think once, once, you know, Alex was gone and we had one more record, which is the low record, we were kind of like, man, this is the last record and music's not like, like it was. We were a little angry and trying to experiment, you know, especially me doing like a song like Dog Face Gods, where I sang like death all the way through. And some fans hated it and some fans loved it, you know? So I'm like, okay, well, there's something. Well, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it was great and gene hoagland came in and added that added that extra pep to it and, and eric just the riffage so because i actually tried to sing on that record and it's like no i just didn't feel right you know when i put the death vocal on it it's like okay this feels 
right for these songs. Um, but when we came into the gathering, it was the first record where Eric, um, cause he used to always write songs with a drum machine and have it mapped out and say, here you go, drummer, check it out, make it, make, do your thing on it. That record, Dave didn't want to do a demo. He just said, just play Eric, just, just jam. And Eric just really got to focus on the riffs and not think about the drum parts so much. And so I think it was, it, Dave did some things. I think Eric, cause he's a black metal, you know, he's influenced by that and loves yeah. that. He, he actually introduced some blast beats into the music then and some different styles of singing for me. And I think after coming out of the demonic record, I was like, man, those tours are brutal on my voice. I want to just kind of get back to maybe trying to do it all. So when I did the gathering, I really kind of found myself. And I think musically with Dave's influence with Eric and them songs that they created, I think right there, we we're like, okay, this is the, our identity. This is kind of who we are. And, and then I get sick, you know, of course. And then, uh, and then at that point I didn't think I was actually going to play music again. Cause you know, I lost my hair and everything and just looked in the mirror and didn't see myself as an entertainer. I was just trying to beat cancer. And once I, beat it i was like okay now what and fortunately we had an opportunity to do a reunion with the original guys then that kind of changed everything for the band we we're actually like blessed fortunate that we we're looking at it as like wow we're getting an opportunity because i didn't think i'd have one to actually yeah. do it with the original guys and maybe finish something we all started and we we're kind of writing for ourselves i mean and just jamming and having fun on tour and then when it came time to write the first record with alex we weren't really focused on what people or critics thought of it you know because when we always write you always think of that you know like is this too soft what are people going to think of this slower melodic song and none of that mattered anymore we we're just going look we're getting this opportunity to do this do we like it yeah this feels good let's just play for ourselves and that was the beginning of like all these, the records up till now, we've kind of just been writing for ourselves selfishly a little bit, but by doing that, it's kept our identity. We've never tried to jump on the bandwagon or what's current or what people or other people are doing. Um, you know, even though there's a lot of great music and a lot of heavy stuff and we love it, but it's like, we can't just try to do that. Let's just be us. And here we are, you know, years later, still being us. Well, it, it's fantastic, and you guys have always stay consistent with the sound. I mean, it does. It almost sounds like you guys have gotten heavier. But like the 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 early albums are great too because they were heavy. To me, I didn't feel like you were like trying to like find the hits or anything in those albums because they are so heavy. You know, it, it, you know, growing up in seventies music, so you do a song like like, like the ballad it feels like more like a slower version of a Zeppelin song, but like heavier. It doesn't feel like it's a sellout song. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It was nice. Yeah, you, I mean, a song we like that never tried to be like that but i think it was just during the times when we were writing those songs what was out what was being played what was you know because metal actually had a chance with mtv and playing on um mainstream radio so it actually metal had a chance so we we're like okay well we want to have a chance and get it get our name in there get you know people to know who we are so of course you iteration but you know, even till today, when they play songs like on Sirius Radio or the Boneyard or something, they'll, they'll play a ballad or something like, well, that's not who we are. You know, there's right. much better stuff. And, you know, and I think a lot of it changed, too, because our first five records, we tuned the guitars differently. 
we're back to like just the standard A440 tuning when we first started and I didn't know any better. And I sang to that, but I had a younger voice and I really had to stretch and, and sing a little higher and pinch a year. And once we started tuning down, um, it was really comfortable for my voice and it actually opened up a little more range of comfort for me to do death stuff and the tight pinchy and, you know, some softer voices. It just gave felt like it gave me a little more range, you know. You play guitar at all like on the side? I know not with the guitars you have your band, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I started out as a guitar player. That's what I, I was playing guitar since like eighth grade and I wanted to be a guitar player. But um, my brother's band introduced me to be a singer at one rehearsal and said, here, you're the new singer. I'm like, oh, shoot. OK, I guess I got to learn how to do that now. So I took private lessons. I went to college and stuff to learn how to, to you know, write songs and, and sing in lessons. And, you know, got to a point to where I took about three years of that time trying to learn how to be a singer and right at that when i was done that's when steve Souza came and said hey I'm, I'm quitting joining exodus here call alex skulnick these guys legacy you know see if you can audition and i did and i got the gig and i've been here ever since you know good it's good yeah i wasn't sure so i know sometimes you know people tinker with guitars or whatever early on but to really keep with it because you're such a, a prolific songwriter and i know one of the best things about your songwriting we'll talk about your solo stuff the new stuff in a minute is two things you guys were always ahead of the curve like with like lyrics like talk about the environment and, and of course with your, being native american it was it was, was there's a lot of smart lyrics back in the you know late 80s that you weren't always getting that's one of my favorite things about you guys you know well we were back then like the new order record was my first record with the guys and we were kind of writing stuff about like nostradamus stuff and yeah. here we are 30 plus years later and we're actually lived through a lot of that stuff and um it's it's funny like 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 on for example like our new record we wrote a song before covid called symptoms yep. you know it right in and a song like world war three you know it's you guys have like a soundtrack to our tour the apocalypse here <laughs> yeah and so it was really trippy that you know we've actually experienced like songs like the greenhouse effects and where we're at well, today yeah. when we yeah. wrote that song trying to send a message to maybe young generation that really didn't care or know or understand or know mm -hmm. even know what it was about to send a message and to find out where we are today and what we've done and where we are as, an, as humans on this planet and how we're treating it, you know, it, it's gotten worse. You know, I remember, I'm sure yourself, we all growing up young had seasons, you know, and it was, you know, yeah. summer, you know, cold during christmas and you know we all had our seasons now they're so unpredictable because of our climate and, and things have changed and you know it, it's it's like wow we were kind of trying to spread that message and they didn't listen <laughs> no I, that's, that's the song i was actually thinking of and i actually live in new england so when you really feel the temperature differences here now and the seasons get really kind of wonky you can really feel the difference because you're used to having full-on winter season spring it's not like you know you like three seasons are like you know off the coast we get snow we get everything you know because we're right between austin and new york so the weather's been yeah, different lately there are a lot of our lyrics do like we wrote a song on the gathering called fall of cycle dome which mm -hmm. was up there when talking about the ice sheets melting you know and the water rising the levels and here we are facing a lot of that now 20 something years later you know so 
and I think when we first started writing and especially when I wrote saying Steve Souza's lyrics yeah. and, and what typical metal lyrics seemed to me to be was something that wasn't real is fantasy. And I, for me personally, songs that had messages are actually were real things. I sang with more emotion in them, I believe, like, you know, singing about my father passing, you know, singing and just, you know, things that happened in my life that happened in other people's lives that they can relate to, you know, but still be cool enough to be a metal song, you know? Well, they, yeah, I mean, your lyrics could be related to other things, sort of, but they always felt like they're media more like thinking, like thinking, you know, thinking metal, not like the math metal nowadays, but like just, you know, a little meatier than just being a thin, fun lyric, which is good. It wasn't over yeah. the top either. Yeah, um, I mean, like, like songs like Native Blood, I, I waited a long, I wrote Trail of Tears, but that wasn't about my culture. My Native Heritage part tells, except for songs like Native Blood, which I did later on, you know, in the last couple of years. Um, you know, there, but there's so much, there's so much to write about, especially just what happens in our world and times and what we're living now. It's, it's easy to write a lyric. Yeah, it is a lot, a lot of fodder for you to write on. So album artwork, you guys have always had the, like some of the coolest album covers. Like you've never had like a bad album cover, you know, you're one of the few bands that I think escapes that. <laughs> That's all cool <laughs> album covers, despite the way things have gone, you know? Well, Obviously, I think a lot of that has to Eric Peterson, you know, Eric's a pretty creative guy, artist, you know, and, um, you know, he's always a lot of input in our album art and our t-shirt art. So um, we're fortunate to have a guy like Ellerin Cantor that we've become friends with. And we kind of lean on him all the time now for shirt designs, posters, album covers, and he does a great job. And it's, totally. it, Eric, Eric likes that artsy kind of feel. They're great. So people check out the website and check out the merch. There's merch for this side of the pond in the U.S. and there's merch for the other side. Although some of the shirts are different, so shame on you. There's some cool shirts for the over the other side too <laughs> that are uh, that you guys don't have on this on the uh, USA side. Um, so you're touring the album that you guys put out during COVID, um, the new one. But the, the question is, so you guys put it out after it was released. But then you, right during COVID, most people either held their albums or, or, or let it out. How did that work out if you letting it out? I, as a fan, I like I liked when bands were doing that and letting them out and not waiting. Well, How did it go for you guys? Well, we already had the campaign in motion. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we're over in Europe in March and the record was coming out April 1st. So right. um, we were only playing, I think, uh, one song um, at the time of that tour because it wasn't, we had a single that was about it. Um, and we had that choice. We had said, Hey, do you guys want to hold it up? But we were like, you know, everybody's kind of going into lockdown and sitting at home. Maybe this, let's give people something new, maybe get their mind off what's happening. We didn't know it was going to be two years later that we would be still talking about it, but you know, we figured let's just, let's go with it, you know? And, and there's positives of people downloading and they went through the roof, but the other bad side was the physical sales of course they went down because stores were shut down and even people shipping out of warehouses weren't working so there wasn't a lot of physical products going but the digital downloads like exploded like four or five hundred percent you know it was it was it was great you know right well yeah it's interesting because i would think that would be just as big get away like just a different angle because if no one's hearing the music and go do it more time to listen to the music more time to get into your favorite bands and go on the sites and I've always encouraged people during this, especially going to sites, buy the merch, 
get everything physical, you know, support the bands. So to me, you know, it seems like it was a good thing. Well, I think they really got to listen to the record because people have a lot of things going on in their daily lives when you're not under COVID and locked in a house right. 27. So I think real people really got to hear the record and not just go put it on and go ah, listen to it. You know, they really got to sit around and, and soak it up, you know, and that was a good thing. You've got a good thing with um, like most of the, tour, the last couple albums, the tour cycle, you like, you like four years between albums on, on new albums. So we're already two yeah. years in. Are you guys getting ready for a new album in a couple years sooner than later? Um, well, now you're going to tour for this one. I know that. <laughs> now Dave back with us, and Eric since COVID, he's got a stockpile of riffs. So, okay. Um, I think there's something great to that because Eric, like I said, he used to always demo the tracks, and with Dave on the gathering, he didn't. So I think now having Dave with us, and Eric having riffs, it, I think it'll be sooner than later it's gotta be exciting because you guys are gonna be together too so you may be able to practice or play something together as humans in the same room that could just be exciting and like dating again it looks like you're <laughs> you know yeah, the first well, day. an hour meet and greet sound check for fans now so a lot of that time we'll probably spend just testing out new riffs you know my semi missed yeah. some fans get like they, they won't know they'll go what is that you know and it's just us testing stuff out and maybe seeing what some reactions so could be That's a cool awesome. thing are there any like um, so people I know you're getting ready to go out and tour actually you're packing today. Are there any like restrictions you know you know ahead of, ahead of the game or, or tour things that are kind of like a new world for you guys? Uh, totally, because even though restrictions are lifting and masks and stuff, we still got to be kind of cautious. I mean, especially yeah. for if I get sick, the tour's over. You know, mm-hmm. or, or there's no ten day isolation. Well, let's recoup and get back going once once we start not getting income tours done. You know, we got to call it quits. Everybody go home later. So we'll still be in a bubble and still trying to, you know, make it through a whole tour without getting it cut short. Um, That's going to be the biggest difference. But on the other hand, I, we had the opportunity to probably do this tour sooner, but that's when the capacities weren't, um full capacity at a lot of the venues yet and um and talking to some people that actually went out on the road had mentioned to us like well what was it like and they're like well wasn't the same you know just we're in our own bubble and we couldn't go out on days off and it just it just took the fun out of it and we're like well we don't want to do that we want to go out and have fun you know so we decided to postpone it's also the bottom line is is it costs a lot for band people don't realize that a touring band it's like a thousand, twelve hundred, six hundred dollars a day just for the bus if you have a bus, or you know, feed people in hotels and like you know, just to break even, you got to be working all the time. So to have half capacity is hard. You know, you guys sell merch. The 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 places get a cap of your merch. I mean, it's like insane. It's like the mob. You know, yeah. you guys got to hustle. Yeah, and and you know, and we're advised like, okay, let's not bring production and lighting and sound and all this just just do it bare bone minimum and we're like well why do we want to just do that that's not we're not we don't need to just get out there and do that. we're going out there to have fun put on a bit of a show and let the fans see something cool and that's so we're like and and if something were to cancel out the lighting the trucking the bus and yeah. they all still paid yeah you know so we're like man i don't know if it's worth risking that i wouldn't I think you're smart yeah. waiting. I, I mean, because it's 
there's a lot of families, there's a lot of people involved, and it's just more than just showing up, you know. And the world's right. different now. Like with with Brexit, you know, the band is moving and touring and having to pay their flights, and you know, the whole world's going to be different. Bands touring now, so it's an interesting model that you guys are going into. Um, I hope well, this is. is up. We started this budget for this tour, and as soon as the gas prices went off, it was like bam, smokes, because we have a truck holding all the gear. We have a bus, mm-hmm. and it's, and those those numbers just shot through the roof. But you and your know, merch, well, right? You're pulling your merch probably or is that in the truck already. Pulling that yeah, behind, we, it's more yeah. There, yeah. More gas. People don't think about yeah. that. Forty dollars a shirt. I'm like, that's a steal. If you knew where all that money was going, you have no idea. Yeah. I too. We, Shut up. <laughs> we, we adjusted. I mean, we had to put add an extra five bucks a shirt just to make up for some of the deficit. And we're like, we, you know, it's tough. But it's I think it's thirty five bucks, and usually it's anywhere from twenty to twenty twenty five to thirty dollars. So yeah, you know, people might complain, but again, hopefully they just understand that it's cost to get out here is just cost more. Uh, you know, if anybody's watched the show, the first reason I started the show was, was, a, was at a concert and there were fans that had me in line were complaining about the price. And I knew some of the prices and I sat down and uh, with Drizzle's Apple, we broke down like some of the prices for people, what a band has to go through and all the challenges to get just to look nice on stage and perform. Right. Just so people will be aware of because bands aren't really complaining about it. But people should that are complaining about it should know there's a little extra to it. Well, I just lost your picture. There we go. And we're back. <laughs> but, you know, the, the fans should know a little more that you're not trying to gouge them. It's just you're just trying to make it a dollar, you know, when you're yeah, on the road. Yeah. And, me, and, you know, I mean, we could have just said, let's just strip it down and go. But, you know, when we're, we're to us, too. I mean, we've kind of graduated to this level to try to put on a show for fans. And that's what it's all about. And yeah, we want to put on a show, <laughs> you know. That's excellent. Uh, so I'm just going to ask, so what are the big talk about going on as you talking about solo thing, the solo thing, you go back and yeah. forth. So, and then for actually you talk about maybe you can do a couple albums you have ideas for, do you have stuff written? Are you doing, do you have like, like, um, well, where I'm leaving it is, is I recruited guitar players and I've had them, I told guitar players that I've recruited, just write me a song, but don't write a Testament song and a thrash song. I want to write something different than that. Write me something either bluesy real heavy um more rock i grew up in an era of love loving like thin lizzy and ufo and bands like that so write some cool thin lizzy style riffs but i really wanted it to be a record where it really took it back kept it simple kept it dry no sample drums and you know triggered kicks and just make it raw and real like the old records used to be, you know, that you just clean and you can crank up and they sound good. I want it to be to where someone puts it on and goes, oh, that's Chuck, you know, kind of listening to it. That That's kind of what I'm looking for. Which is what my thought is because you're saying so many different voices already. Over, if anyone's been a fan of the band, you know, the Testament career, but just just still a strong voice. And I know there's some rock and roll in you to do. So I'm really excited. Well, the concept of you singing thrash, a little differently. Well, speed metal and thrash metals is based on a lot of cadence. It's the right. timing and beat of the song. So I've learned how to sing in cadence, really, where other rock songs are more melody, where maybe there's more note changing in the in the guitar plane, where right. I can carry different melodies and and things like that. So. You know, I'm just, I guess I'm looking for a challenge and something that, that I'll actually be proud of, you know. 
I think you can do it. I mean, I know you can do it. I think now you put it out there and everyone's talking about it. Now it's on you. It's like, it's almost like you're forcing yourself to make sure you do it and can't put it off anymore. Cause everyone's going to be, no, hey, not, Chuck, what about that? Album? It's, it, it'll definitely happen. I just thought maybe during COVID and the things, you know, you just get busy in life and it just, you know, didn't focus on it, but I do have a lot of people reaching out to me going, yeah, well, I'd like to contribute a song. It's like, okay, we'll write it to you and then just send it to me and I'll just, we'll, we'll take it from there. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for giving me some time. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're getting ready for the tour. You got to pack up. So that's it. <laughs> everybody go out and, and support the band.